Welcome to your favorite podcast in which we shine a light on your favorite artists, creatives and entrepreneurs and talk about how they're crafting a culture, identity and a career of their own. Your favorite is a space that connects, opens doors and educates on how not to get lost in the sea of opportunities when pursuing a creative career. In this very first pilot episode, I'm having a conversation with Prince Cartier, a Ghanaian photographer and art director. Hey Prince, welcome to your favorite. Thanks for making the time for this. I really appreciate it. How are you feeling? I'm feeling blessed, actually. I'm feeling, I'm feeling blessed. Um, just me being here is, is, is a blessing. And we connecting and working is also a blessing. So I can't, I can't speak much about that, but that's my, that's my feeling for now. Yeah, it's really cool that we finally found a moment to work together and have this conversation. I'm really excited about it. So let's just start with your own story. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? My actual name is Prince Bafour Asrari. Um, I I was born in Accra, the capital city, um, in a suburban area called Makati Hills, which is also a bit mountainous. I went to high school. That's where I started studying art. And... Um, properly getting intuition with it. Um, with the education system in Ghana, when, when you are in high school, that's when you actually pick what you really want to pursue. And um, yeah, I decided to study art. And um, yeah, since switched when I was when I was going to uni, I couldn't go to art school in uni because of some, a lot of reasons. I, one, it wasn't necessarily because my parents didn't want me to pursue art, but they felt like I should always have a plan B because I was so devastated when I couldn't go to art school. That, that's because that was the only, that's, and still to today, is the only art school in Ghana. You can't, there's no other art school you can pursue unless art school. And um, yeah, um, I decided to pursue IT, which was, so it was, it was a good choice at that point, but here we are again back in the whole art scene again. <laughs> And how did your creative journey and the love of photography start? In two ways, because one, I've always been, for me, I've always been a visual artist. I, I, as I said, I was, I was so much into drawings. I, I wish I had some of my drawings here. Like, I was, I was doing a lot of caricature and a lot of like comic stuff. So that one was naturally like an intuition because that was, that was what I was doing. So when, when, when photography came in in line. The photography was more of me getting inspired by other art forms or getting inspired by other photographers. Like the first, like typical example, the first time I saw Vivian Sanson, Vivian Sanson's image, I was like, what? Like it blew my mind. Like, and these were things I was seeing. Like when I go to the beach, these were things I was seeing, but I could never replicate them. Like I could never draw them. So the easiest form of me replicating them was taking a picture. Exactly. So it was, for me, photography has always been a development and a, and a growth process. But in, in me, I've always, been an, I've always been an artist. So you kind of knew it all along. That's nice. And I'm curious about your creative process when it comes to photography. Can you describe it? And how does Ghanaian culture influence your work? I've actually not really put it in place, but there are different ways I, I tend to make an image first of all magical and 
second of all, mine, like something that identifies me as an artist. And um, the first thing was obviously ob observing my environment and my environment plays a huge role in, in my images because um, I, I tried both. I tried doing pictures in the studio and I tried doing pictures outside with a natural light and I felt like you know, the, the the outdoor images made more sense than the ones in the studio, if you get my point. And right. also, um, so, um, I draw a lot of inspiration from, as I said, Tumblr and other photographers from the past and even the present. Like, when I see their work, I'm like, oh, shit, I could do this. But what, what, what had developed at the end of the day was me trying to make it more Ghanaian and more me where it's it's more of my environment and the people in my environment and the general purpose of it was to make make it an, an, an uh, outstanding image and then the last thing that just came came about was the color therapy it, it, it was the color therapy was just a study a study of um colors and how you can mimic it in your art and this was something that I had been I'd been noticing for a while, but I wasn't really giving it much thought. And that was because I am generally surrounded by colorful I was I'm generally surrounded by like uh, colorful backgrounds. Like the walls in the streets of Accra, you have a lot of graffiti. Like when you are going to school, you need to look bright. Like you need to like our school uniforms in Ghana are like colorful. Like every school has their own colors. Um the sky gets blue anytime it wants. There are a lot of trees, like, you know, nature just, nature just made me sit down for a minute and just put the whole thing in, in, a, in, a, in a whimsical form. So, yeah, the, the, the processes have just been, one, um, me, me getting inspired by, you know, images online, two, me, me getting inspired by, just the art form, and then the third one was just color therapy. I just had to understand colors and how it, it plays a significant role in human emotion. And how would you describe your photography style? As I said, um, when I decided to do this full time and you know study the whole the whole process, I, I had to make a statement. And um, Afrosurrealism just felt like one of the the concepts of making it possible because surrealism just puts, surrealism works with emotions and it works with, um, how do I call it? It works, it works more abstract. Right. And as, as weird as it is, colors are quite abstract. They're yeah. quite abstract in the sense that if you need to, you need to find the right tone, you need to find the right, the right color to just fit mm -hmm. something. And every color has its meaning. I don't know if, it's something that you guys studied, but every color has a, a meaning, like how calm blues make people feel, right. and all of those things. Like, and for me, I, I always wanted to put, I always wanted to put people in a, in a segregated position where it's not like I'm intentionally making it abstract, but you feel it. You, you get it. Like, if I'm giving you a warm tone, you need to feel the warmth of how I felt when I was taking the picture because it was fucking sunny, or um. 
the 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 girl in the red the girl in the red dress or my 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 friend in the the green the green trousers felt like it was a busy day so he, he needs to be like he, he he wore that green just not to stay in the green you know so you 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 envision you kind of you I'm 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 also taking on that part and I felt like Afro-surrealism just makes everything perfect in the sense that colors and and abstract views are not being criticized that much but you just feel it and mm-hmm. I think that that's the thing I'm 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 working on that I keep working on that on how people's emotions can also reflect on my images. Afro-surrealism really shows back in your work and it's so beautiful how you're using your surroundings and making the colors pop in a way that they really play with people's emotions. And how do you start the process of photography? Do you search for places where you want to go? So you do uh, like location spotting and specifically, of course, for the images you're creating for yourself. I'm curious, can you tell us a little bit about that? As I said initially, I I live in a very suburban um neighborhood it's it's quite uh, mountainous like there's a hill and at the southern part there's kind of like the sea and the river meeting together and people don't know this because you you will not be allowed so i i've used that i've used that space as my studio where when the season changes i get a different perspective on the landscape of the place so initially i just I just check out my camera and then I leave the house and, you know, I get a few friends and then we do something. But right now, um, I, I, I study how the, the environment feels before I take the pictures because I'm, I'm, using, I'm using a lot of, uh, like typical example, I will never shoot at 12 p.m. in Ghana because it's fucking sunny and it blows up the pictures. You're not going to get the earthy vibe as compared to me going going out to shoot by 5 p.m. where everything is calm, the sun is setting, so I get the the whole projection of maybe the landscape I need to have this images. And um, the most intentional one I actually did was with the twins, uh, the twin series. I, I don't know if you've seen it. There were a couple of twins with the balloons. Right. That, was yeah. actually, that was actually intentional because I needed people to feel the yellow I needed people to feel the blue. I needed people to feel the white. I just needed people to feel the balance of of how these colors work and how they they also reflect when the sun sets. Because if I had gone to shoot that shit at twelve, I don't think it would have come out. It would have been really harsh. What is your favorite gear to use when you're taking pictures? Do you have a favorite camera? Right now, I'm so in love with the Fuji. XT3, it's <laughs> it's actually one of my babies. Like I don't think I'll ever change that camera. Ever ever since I I I I, I never had it. I I recently just caught one, but when I hold that camera, it it I think it was designed for me. <laughs> I've never I've never fallen in love with such a gadget. Like aside from my PlayStation, no, because the Fujifilm understands color therapy. It understands the color science. And there's there's been this conversation about how the 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 melanin skin is being depicted on cameras. I Canon don't make it for me. It, it it's 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 actually a serious conversation that they're actually looking into, where 
dark skin tones are not really being depicted right on these lenses. So, but with the Fuji, I've, I don't know, it's, it's beautiful. And you know, I don't know if you've ever had a Fuji, they have these um, recipes. So you can actually make how, you can actually say how you want the highlights and how you want the temperature. I mean, you can do it with the other manual cameras, but the Fuji color science is the best. So moving into a bit of an advice that you could give to young creatives who want to become a photographer, what are the main qualities you need to have if you want to become one? First, you really need to be, um, you really need to understand the art form. I think people, people are not really into, into that. You really need to understand the art form. You really need to be inspired. And, uh, if you just come and say, oh, you, you need to be inspired. You need to know what, what creatively you are doing. I think you need to also have a good eye. And yeah, um, I think you should also be more consistent, more consistent in, 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 in the image processing where you, you get to find out what, what works for you. For me, it's you having the good eye and you envisioning what, what you're going to take. If, if you have those two things, I think you can do anything. That makes you that makes you the creative. You know, some people like directors. They're not really they're not really so much into the cameras, but they know how they envision what the film or what they want to create. And if if you have that vision, I think photography is makes it more easier for you. It makes it more easier, and it it will take you beyond even photographing. So yeah, a good eye, a good eye always makes good images. Yeah, I totally agree. You have to have a certain talent and also see the vision to stand out and also be consistent and stay focused. Um, yeah, what leads me to your question, how do you stay focused? So how do I stay focused? I think I, think I, I, I grew up with an everyday spirit of making things happen. Um, you know, when, when, when you wake up, there's something you need to do and whether it was art or just me finding myself i had to you know make each day um i had to re i had to make each day worthwhile basically and um i also come from a, a society that doesn't really that doesn't really indulge themselves in in this art in arts and sports i don't know why but that, that's the thing I, I still don't understand why we, we so today there's no industry there's no art industry in Ghana like we are now getting a scene but we, we don't we still don't have an industry I hope you get my point like mm-hmm. so today so we are in 2022 but there's only one art school like are you guys being for real like yeah I still don't get why there's something like that because let me tell you most creatives in Ghana yeah I'm living on two lives. Like I have an IT degree and I'm doing photography, which is not even like, I never had a degree on that. Most most creatives in Ghana have that. They are bad doctors, they are rappers. And I think it's not only here, I think it's everywhere. Like people have these renaissance kind of- Double jobs. Yeah, double job kind of vibe. And if it's not art or sports, it has to be one, it has to be one of those things, you get me? Right. But, I understand. You know, we, we, yeah. we, we come from a society where our parents tell us that, oh, 
you know, these things don't pay. Like, I remember back then where I had a big brother that used to play football very well. He couldn't play, he couldn't play football because my dad wasn't really, he didn't support you because he's paying the fees for you to go to school to become whatever you want to be, except being in sports and arts. But I think I'm fortunate enough because they, they toned down, they toned down that kind of attitude when they saw my works, when they saw my artworks, because I was mostly being reported in, in school that I'm drawing on my textbooks. <laughs> so if you can have that, you know, every day, you, if you can stay focused and know that, okay, you know this notion that, oh, I, I actually want to pursue this and still do what your, your parents want. I'm saying this for the young people and still do what your parents want it, it will keep you going because it, it will uh, when you wake up every morning you know oh i have to go to school but maybe after three i gotta shoot or i have to go and do this for my friends and it, also it has to be in an environment where it's appreciated i'm, I'm grateful to have friends that were, that were also as inclined but at the same time you, if you could balance the two in your everyday life i think you'll be fine and then when you finish school or when one of them tends to, you know, flourish, it, I think it will make sense. I, I don't think your parents or anybody will have an issue when you focus on our full time. All right. We're almost at the end of this interview. And I have one final question for you. What are your last words of wisdom for upcoming artists and creatives? Okay. First and foremost, do, ne do not ever see yourself as an upcoming artist. You are an artist. Let other people... Let other people say that, but to you, if you put that mentality in your head, you are always going to be an upcoming artist. Two, it is okay to be naive because with this art form, it comes with different experiences and different exposure. Um, it can and it can change your life. So it is okay to be naive when you don't know certain things, um, or even when you walk in a room where you feel, where you feel like, um where you, you kind of feel like you are not, you don't know much, it's fine. You don't know much. So learn from such things. I think that the, the whole studying and the learning experience is you accepting to be naive, you not knowing anything and you want to know more. And for me, it's always, it's always like that. I'm always learning. I'm always acting naive. I can act like the dumbest guy in the room. And that's fine by me because I am trying to find out like, how, how do you even make this shit possible? Like, how do you do this? How do you do this? And then if I come home and I feel like it's okay for me, I can use it or I can find a way to, you know, make it possible. Just understand that you are an artist and you are being, you are shaping the world. You are being part of a, of a creative world. When you're in a different space, which is not your space, just, just understand that it's not your space. Just take what you can take from there and move on. Absolutely. Beautifully said. You are shaping the creative world. Thank you so much, Prince, for all of your valuable insights into your life as a photographer. And for all the listeners, thanks for tuning in. Until the next time. And don't forget to follow your favorite today on Instagram and check your favorites out today for more interviews. <laughs>